from Immersive Labs, this is Cyber Humanity. Hello all, I'm your host Chris Pace, and this week I'll be introducing my guests with the first result you get if you Google them. So hello to corporate lawyer Paul Bentham. Hello. (laughs) Owner of the Kevin Breen School of Motoring, Kev Breen. (laughs) Good to see you. And that well-known German rower, Max Vetter. Oh, that's good, yeah. (laughs) Wow. He went there. Stop. It's racist. (laughs) I am actually uh, a German heritage. So. Oh, so it's fine. You mean you're, you're allowed? Yeah. yeah. That slightly bizarre intro is because this week we're going to take some tentative steps into the murky world of threat intelligence. Um, and we're going to chat specifically about OSINT, open source intelligence, um, which I, I have to be honest, um, know a bit about, know a bit about intelligence sources. Um, but I, we're going to try and we're going to try and come at this from some different angles other than just, oh, you know, there's loads of stuff about you on the internet. And we want to try and make it a little bit more, uh, a little bit more interesting than that. So why don't we start with the whole idea of um, threat actors or attackers OSINTing their targets? Is that a real thing? Um, how does it happen? What does it look like? Max, I'll start with you. You're an expert. Yes, I mean, it definitely does. Uh, there, there's so many techniques you can use now, um, so much data out there that OSINT, I mean, we, you can call it in the kill chain, you can call it reconnaissance, um, uh, and that will, you know, reconnaissance covers both kind of uh, passive and active. Open source would be the kind of passive, passive stuff where you're uh, looking up data about a company. You can look up LinkedIn about uh, what developers they're um, employing. There's, there's a whole range of different information that attackers can and, and do use to gain information on, on their victims. Yeah, and it's not just so people think that they're OSINTing people or companies just to get their passwords. Like, uh, what's their favorite football team? Oh, it's Man United, therefore that's going to be his password or his kids' names and dates of births and pet names. Please don't do that about me. It's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than that. They'll use that to really target you. So, uh, are you more likely to open an email from a Nigerian prince or that email that says, uh, this is the teacher from your your young kid's school and you need to open this form to fill it out for her review. Both those are completely viable targets that they've taken from OSINT from your completely open Facebook profile. Um, so this goes back to that whole, and this is horrible marketing spiel, isn't it? But, you know, the weakest link is the human element and all that stuff. Um, but I suppose actually what we're saying here is, and that's broadly true, um, the best way to get to uh, get to attacking an organisation is to... Uh, exploit the the weakness in the human being and the best way to do that potentially is to find out as much as you can about them now one of the things that was going to make the intro of this podcast is that to me this was just every episode of mr robot wasn't it? it was like every every time they ever needed to socially engineer anyone they would just go and find out about their whole life on facebook um and then they could just socially engineer it. it makes it seem like it's all very simple i'm gonna assume that there's a bit more to it than just googling and facebooking not always. Sometimes it really is just that simple. There are obviously there are much more complex attacks, but sometimes the simple. Right, I have a question about this. So, if OSINT was actually uh, beneficial 
and you could actually get actual intelligence from it, wouldn't all the Instagram influencers and Twitter influencers and social media like blah, 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 be the people that are getting hacked all the time? And therefore, wouldn't we hear that they're getting hacked all the time? And therefore, wouldn't it therefore be relevant? I mean, it, it has happened. So the the was it called the fappening the the celebrity oh hello hack. max hello Max. Um, hello. hello tell us all about hello. that max so that that was based through uh social engineering so they guessed the celebrities uh, passwords based on uh social engineering them and then got access to their uh, archived uh i iCloud and then pulled off all their their nude photos oh they pulled, pulled off. Them. <laughs> Exactly. They also use password information as well to to get access to those accounts. Again, just stuff they gathered. Well, so that's one example, says, right? Want... Like, that doesn't prove it's, it, does it? It's a pretty, pretty big, big uh, example of hundreds of celebrities. Yeah, I mean, we, the, the president, his Twitter account got compromised and the stock price plummeted. Like, it's not just related to... Yeah, and they, and they, they hacked AP, didn't they? The, um, the news and said said that Obama was injured in an attack and again, the stock market tanked. Right, so. I'm not saying there isn't examples where people have guessed passwords through open source intelligence to do it. What I'm saying is, that your premise is that more information you put on social media, therefore, the more uh, the wider the kind of attack surface is for you as an individual. Like, and people are like, oh, you shouldn't like say that you're on holiday because then people will break into your house, and oh, you shouldn't say that you're it's your birthday because then people will know when your birthday is and something else will happen. But there are so many Twitter influencers and Instagram influencers with tens of thousands, if not millions, of followers. Like, wouldn't Lewis Hamilton be getting hacked all the time if this was true? Well, the, how do you know? He's yeah, and I think how we know it's true is from um, talking to real hackers and how they do things after they either after they get arrested or whatever. And you know, hang on, stop, stop, stop. Hackers get arrested. When <laughs> when is this? When is this started occasionally, happening? Occasionally, this is a thing. Occasionally, they get they get very very occasionally. They get invited, no, not so much with the actual arrest. Yeah, but you know, the, as part of you know the uh debrief you 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 learn how they do it and they talk about that as as a whole stage and you know it is much easier to and as as a police officer that we, we would do that to find information on our um the targets of our investigation and and it's amazing how much uh, information you do find uh and the other way around as well yeah you have to consider what they're after as well um like if we're talking about like attackers financially motivated, then hitting an organization is going to yield much more profit than hitting Lewis Hamilton. So it depends on your vector, it depends on your target and what your threat profile is. Ah, so you're saying that an organization, uh, individual Twitter influencers aren't really a target except for the beautiful ones that Max was talking about um, uh, for an event that I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> they're still going to be targeted but their profile and like who's going to be targeted them and to what degree is going to be different based on what the end goal is yeah that, that brings in a different kind of element to it which is the the kind of stalking side we're talking about celebrities um open source intelligence is used a lot by stalkers and i know this is a kind of slightly uh, segue away from cyber but um we know there's a lot of dangerous stuff that celebrities get exposed to because of their their profile on online yeah, of course, they're more exposed in that way. They're more exposed in that way than ever, as well, aren't they? Now, because they, um, you know, every 
day of their life is documented through social media in some way and so they're they're opening that that closeness that now to their audience they get from doing things through social media clearly exposes them to people who you know they probably don't want to interact with or they don't want uh knowing too much about them but unfortunately those doors it feels like those doors are much more um ajar now than perhaps they were maybe 10 or 15 years ago when it particularly when it comes to celebrities uh, it's it, if you work in stalking and tour with celebrities it's pretty horrific like there's pretty much every single famous celebrity has has a quite serious stalker um and you know that is one side to everything being online right and and having a really public profile is you decide to put yourself out there to anyone whoever that person is so we've talked a little bit about how um, threat actors and attackers, you know, potentially look to gather um, intelligence and that kind of stuff. Um, what about the other end of the uh, the other side of the the coin? The idea that we can um, gather intelligence from sources that might be useful to understand either how we're being targeted or where our risk lies or any of those things is that is that worthwhile? OSINT, from a defender's point of view, is slightly different. Um... So whenever we'd get hit by some malware or there was a web drive-by attack, um, we'd take those like those indicators of compromise, those domain names, those email addresses, and we'd start to do open source intelligence on those, find out if they've been using other campaigns, um, like where are the domain names, have they been seen before, what IP addresses, and we'll start to do attribution to build up a table of tools, techniques, and, and practices, TTPs, that we can understand uh, what, could have happened and learned from that how easy is that kind of i'm not going to call that intelligence how easy is that kind of data to find and collate um, and actually make use of very difficult in some instances um there are services you can pay for um whether you class that as open source or not uh, i'm not sure there are some really good resources you can pay for uh, there are some really good resources run by parts of the community um but it's difficult it's one of those things it's it's not very well documented. Uh, if you're not paying for a service, you have to do lots of research and know where the best places to go are. You also have to factor in like the age of that data. Kev, if you just switched my definition of OSINT, so in my head, OSINT is just social media. It's like the Twitter firehose, Facebook, Google, like bit of Instagram in. Like what? Have you just added, have you just actually, for me at least, redefined the fact that it's intelligence that is open source, as in available for free in a kind of free, free as in? I think so, yeah. The, depending on your context, depending on which side of the coin, if you're an attacker, you're right. It's all about that gaining that rich information from open source places. Uh, whereas for a defender, it's me doing that same kind of research except i'm not going to social media i'm going to like dns records yeah honeypots and all that kind of thing are essentially the same you know they're they're there if you like the social media of of a defender's world right they're the, the stuff that they're interested in is you know what do i know about this command and control infrastructure that might be relevant to me as a as an organization all that stuff is out there i think the point that i was was driving at was um it's it's harder to to get to um, than perhaps it could be. And so therefore the risk is that you're still back to the fire hose analogy. That fire hose is still the same if you're looking at, um, you know, cyber threat intelligence indicators or feeds, it's still the same challenge as if you were um, trying to gain anything useful from Twitter, for example. 
And now a word from our sponsors. Chris went on a little bit long there, but the, you mentioned <laughs> the word so, <laughs> as part of our uh, threat research and how we determine whether a cyber threat into our lab is, a, is actually something valid, uh, we at Immersive Labs use a, a network of honeypots ourselves that we run and operate so we can gain exactly that kind of information. And there are obviously labs available in Immersive Labs that make use of that infrastructure, I'm guessing. There are, absolutely. Great. Good. Sorry, Paul. My only bit. I stole your game and, and your uh, public service. And my public. I've got nothing to bring. <laughs> you won't be on this next week, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to press the button and let you do all those if work. I'm not, the whole cat thing put a nail in your coffin anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're you're, you're li- in the I'll wrong group. I'll just, uh, you know, t- turn off that. It's <laughs> no diversity. You're all bloody dog people. Like, where I'm representing for the cats. That's the, the internet. The internet is behind you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. uh, to try to bring us back on track, I think that um, you're right, Kev, about obviously um, things like uh, technical indicators and you know what uh, the kind of information that you can gather from feeds or honeypots, all that kind of stuff. I think is all completely is completely relevant. We have seen just over the past maybe five years or so, um, also a burgeoning industry around dark web intelligence i put it in inverted commas um how useful do we think stuff going on on the dark web is wait, to an organization looking to try to defend wait chris did you just say dark web i did <laughs> very good Rid- absolutely ridiculous you have to use that a lot <laughs> yes i i love this uh, the dark web i mean do, this do, is do, 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 do. Uh, yeah so so for a quick roundup for those who haven't heard of the dark web um you, you may <laughs> don't so you, so you have a wordpress site about this yes exactly <laughs> go and go and find my wordpress site it's uh, got lots of good information it's very google yeah. it's very google it talks about talks about stalking and, and dark web yeah so for anyone who doesn't know um an encrypted part. There are many dark webs out there. Uh, the one that most people talk about is the one from uh, Tor, the, the Onion Router. Uh, it basically bounces you around a network of proxy servers, so um, the law enforcement people can't can't track where you are, or uh, actually anyone. So whether you're a government uh, or whether you're a hacker or whatever, it means um, the location of your IP address is obfuscated. Uh, that, didn't um, nsa invent this max like it's all it dark the, nsa it was, own your on you it was actually the, uh, the, the the u.s navy research laboratory created it um themselves to basically make sure that u.s intelligence collection was uh secure uh and then they uh then it went into a an open source project under the tor project and they kind of released the the software so it is um it's now uh, a separate thing, but it did it did initially get created by the US Navy, uh, so people kind of don't trust it from that that context as well. Much like the real internet did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, in terms of dark web, yeah, lots and lots of um, dodgy, horrible stuff going on there. Uh, genuinely horrible things, um, but there are a lot of um, hacker uh, things going on there that um, people paste, paste up the latest hacks. Um, yeah. It's also not just, um, so historically it was, like Max said, it was born for a place for hackers, those who were concerned about privacy and anonymity. Uh, But we're seeing more and more of things like Facebook and Twitter, they're starting to have a presence. 
because we're seeing Tor um, used to bypass things like the Great Chinese Firewall and and things of that nature as well. So whilst everybody seems to think of it as with like really big negative connotations, uh, it does have a lighter side to the dark web as well. Did I really get an answer to my question, which was, um, is there useful stuff to be gathered by organizations looking to protect themselves on the dark web? And how feasible is it for them to do that? Yeah, so if we take an example that's um, in the news recently, um, on the dark web for sale, 200,000 US dollars will buy you access uh, to a Fortune 500 uh, company's networks. Uh, things of that nature for sale on the, on the dark web credit cards and like lots of things of that nature so from a cyber perspective absolutely monitor I think, that. I think there's a lot of um so i think that where there are applications for um this kind of open source intelligence dark web um uh, insider threat i think is a big one i think insiders there are examples of insiders advertising themselves on dark web forums because where else do you go to find someone to buy the data that you've got? Um, I think that's one. Uh, I think the the other that's way more interesting is vun- is vulnerabilities and exploited vulnerabilities. I think forums that are interested in um, an- analyzing and sharing proof of concepts for, for vulnerabilities um, are a place that could be genuinely useful to an organization to see, well, look, I, I understand what my uh, the technology that I've got in my business. And so based on my understanding of the technology that I've got, I know that there might be CVEs that are being discussed or actively exploited from the intel that I see in dark web forums. I think that's genuinely interesting. I think what a lot of organizations think is, oh, I should get dark web monitoring because um, my business, my organization will be mentioned on the dark web. I don't know that that's I don't know that that ever really happens, at least not before the event. Um, like no one's clubbing together on the dark web and saying, now let's plan our target, let's map our targets, let's make a list so that anyone doing any monitoring will pick up on it. Um, I don't think that happens, um, but I think there are there are crumbs in there. I guess the question is, do we think it's still my same question? Is it worthwhile? Yeah, I think there's, um, if you talk to any of the companies that do trawl the dark web, obviously they will tell you there's, they, I've, I've been to a few of the, you know, meetups and things like that of, of various companies that do this and, and they do all say, well, they've got lots of evidence of even individual people who, um, were maybe going to be kidnapped or something and they found this intel on the dark web and then they stopped it. And I don't know how much of that is true. Uh, they definitely, make a good sales pitch um it's i mean the thing about selling stuff on the dark web like selling stuff anywhere is you need to advertise it and that the positive thing from us of an intel point of view is if someone's trying to sell it to someone else they have to be on Mm. a forum whether it's dark web forum or not and then you can actually see some of the stuff that's there yeah so some of the really interesting things like the sonda kibi ransomware group um they sell their ransomware as a service on the dark web so when they first launch up that website that says like we're running the services for sale uh if you're monitoring for this kind of activity i now know there's a new threat group that's starting to make an appearance i can start to track some of that and see where that leads me getting ahead of that curve. right when was the last time you went on the dark web kev this morning i knew that'd be the answer max when was the last time you went on the dark yeah, literally it was, on it. it yes, yesterday. You got so it on my phone. <laughs> it's right in my head. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever browsed the dark web. I might have by accident, but 
you can't well you can't browse it that's the first thing important to disti- important distinction to be made here <laughs> the example that i the example that i just gave discussions of exploited vulnerabilities amongst criminal groups in forums are forums and they're not just forums they're forums that you have to do you have to put some quite significant effort to get into like you might have to sell a little bit of yourself in order to get into that forum to get access to that stuff so i have a little bit of a funny story here so you're absolutely right you have to build a persona um deal in there and you kind of have to prove um so i've spent years building my personas i'm sure max is and many law enforcement officers the same to get around us some of that legality, what I used to do is um, run my own web servers. And then when they said, let's just go and see what you can do, go hack the server, I'd just go hack my own server uh, and use that as proof. Um, Ooh, we should have a special <laughs> jingle uh, for it. loophole. I <laughs> love it. Dark red loophole. <laughs> I mean, that's never, that's, like, as you start to move up those ranks, like some of those checks aren't going to work. But for getting like your foot in the door, for getting access to those kinds of forums, like, it's a fun little technique. And, um, and in those forums, Kev, yeah. I'm, I'm I right? I might be showing my age here, but is it a little bit like the wares sites of the early 2000s? They all look pretty rubbish. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you, I need you, to get on there just for you know, like a walk down uh, memory lane. And do you know why? Uh, well, according it's, to it's, my friends. <laughs> what yeah. friends? Oh, <laughs> yeah and and it's interesting why all the sites on the dark web look rubbish and the reason is is because obviously on the dark web you don't want to expose your real ip address and the number of scripts you run on modern websites uh have your ip address flying everywhere so they you actually have have to keep it really basic because that that means you protect yourself so is the dark web where GeoCities and my face space went to die (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah you you can go and find it so the other interesting thing is, and I think we Max kind of alluded to this, and, and I think you have as well, Paul. Like it's, and Chris said the same. It's not the internet. It's not the map search engines. If you don't know the address of the place you want to go to, if you haven't been told where it is, you can't get there. Now there are yeah, some. There, there are this kind is of, brilliant. This like, is really like reminding me of when I first went. 1994. My very first experience of the internet was in an internet cafe, and there was a book. There's a book that told me the websites to yeah. go to. And I opened the book and I browsed through. Was, like, was the book called Google? No. <laughs> 1994, Chris. Exists. A little book. Yeah, that, and you go I mean, to and you type the web address in and you go to your website. It's the best thing ever. So you're telling me that I can re-experience my internet as of 1994 on the dark web. This is brilliant. As long as you're, yeah, yeah, as long as you're looking for carding forums and 3D printed <laughs> shit, then you'll be There's, fine. Yeah, a lot, a lot of horrible stuff on there as well. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there, a lot of nerd, there are, there are basic search engines um, in the dark web now, which are basically just um, a list of sites. You know, it's like like in the it's old the 90s. Old days. Yeah. So uh, a, a cautionary tale um, for anybody who's listening to this and thinking, I'm just going to go start indexing the dark web. Like Max pointed out, there's a lot of there's a lot of horrible things on there, and you don't want any of that sat anywhere you're indexing. So, like, yeah public service right there don't yeah. can i bring us back to, can i bring us back to cyber b- briefly um uh, in that example that in that example that i was giving where um you know you, you can access there are forums that exist and, and you're talking about building a persona and all that kind of stuff kev uh, can you only do that in english speaking forums does it sort of preclude all of the russian and chinese stuff 
there are levels and um i mean i work my personas don't go as deep as like lots of law enforcement stuff does uh, just because i'm not willing to to mm. boot those but i have access to some of those communities um i don't have the trust to get the that same level of stuff um as a non-native well, speaker you definitely do uh, but I, now I, <laughs> now you told them all your secrets. Oh look, I just set up mate. Oh look, I've hacked had kevthehermit.com. Oh look how clever I am. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that URL is something a bit better than kevthehermit.com. Uh, it is, and they're um so I run um a lot of domains that I don't touch for, for years. They're just oh, there. Oh I'm so elite. Elite. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I'm totally registering kevthehermit.com right now. There, there are there are fascinating stories from from history about the first kind of dark webs before before the real dark web got going, and about different Russian carding forums and how basically the FBI got involved, and then the Russians just chucked all the English speakers out, and they're like, "No, we don't want you anymore," and they they just moved to a different place and only Russian speaking because um, because of the kind of. Uh, the, only the English-speaking ones would get get interest from the FBI. Interesting. It, we have Google Translate. I don't see a problem in it. <laughs> yeah, Google, Google. Yeah, because that's almost faultless, isn't it? <laughs> Never mixed up anything. Give me about an hour. I think it just presents an interesting um, an interesting challenge in the context of understanding who who potentially is attacking us. That if we looked at the statistical, like if we looked at the statistical data, like who is attacking organizations who are for example the sodden akibi group or who are the you know whatever the latest group is the reality is they probably don't speak our language um and so therefore being able to effectively gather intelligence about how they're working would seem to me to be almost impossible no because they're not they're, they're still adverts. I think Paul's just found the dark web by the look of its face. Lit up like a Christmas tree. Actually, I'm looking yeah. at Max Vetter's WordPress site and just realised that it's his own profile picture that's the fab icon. Yeah, I know. It's good. <laughs> that's what I just realised. That's leaked. That, 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 that is leaked. Yeah. To, to bring back to the question, um, if you wanted to get onto the inner workings of those groups, absolutely. But to know the fact that they're selling, they're selling to everybody. They're not just selling to native speakers. So the fact that they are operating is easy to get hold of, or is easier to get hold of than getting into those. Yeah, and I think that I, um, I'll be deliberately controversial for a moment. I think this is kind of similar to, we talked about APTs in a previous episode. And I think um, this is, this is kind of similar. I think there's an awful lot of, there's some sexiness attached to the idea of using the, just using the dark web generally you know the closer that the closer that we get to um threat actors or threat actor groups the cooler it makes us feel and i think there is a bit of that at play against you know focusing on things you know, boring things like patching and network hygiene and security controls like none of those things are as cool as chinese threat actor groups got too serious boris chris yeah <laughs> we don't know where to go with that <laughs> i thought kev was gonna i thought kev was gonna leap straight on that I, I'm try. I can't disagree with you. Um, no, because I've basically what I've done is I've highlighted why you do it because it's cool. <laughs> and that's fine. Like you're allowed. You're allowed. Like it doesn't. You know, if you want to go and do something in your own time because it's a thing that you're interested in because you think it's cool and it makes you feel closer to your adversary. Like that is totally understandable. I get that completely. You're one guy, not an organization spending half a million dollars on it. That is my. 
that's my fundamental thing. And you're right. It's um, like as an individual, as an organization, searching the dark web isn't going to yield you significant amounts of benefit. And like I say, you could better place that on looking for those insider threats, looking for those phishing emails that are coming in, looking for that low-hanging fruit and patching. You're absolutely right. I don't know how there are even still podcasts on cybersecurity. Every one of them will end with, why don't people just patch, why don't people just patch stuff? <laughs> yeah, and the, the, dark, the dark web yeah. is the, the sexy side of things, isn't it, of, of, of OSINT, whereas there's probably much, much more information you can get from normal internet uh, about you know both hackers and and you know attack if you're an attacker or you're a defender um, then actually go there's only something like six thousand seven thousand sites on the dark web in total which is nothing um, so yeah if if you want credit card numbers go to the dark web if you want the OSINT and the information on the CEO of this company to target him effectively with a phishing or a whaling campaign. Go to Facebook and Instagram. Well, I think the other point you made is if you want to understand the nature of the threats that you face, the TTPs, the indicators, all that kind of stuff is available in the, in the open. Um, it's just finding a way to access and use that intel. That's the first thing. And the second thing is making sure that if you're, do, you're going to that effort, you're putting that energy in, um, making sure that it's delivering you back stuff that's relevant, useful, and applicable to your organization rather than just stuff that is cool and you can write a you know a threat intelligence pdf on interesting threat data is not useful intelligence for your organization absolutely kev sums up the whole thing in one <laughs> brilliant you're in the you're in the wrong job if you've enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe rate and comment wherever you get your audio content and if you want to know more about immersive labs you can find us at immersivelabs.com or follow us on twitter at immersive labs uk until next time from all of us Goodbye. <laughs>